Is Just everyone it? listening? <laughs> Sorry, I hit the microphone. I'm so mad. Uh, everyone listening, if you are in the left lane, that is to pass. When you are done passing, get to the right lane. That's right. It makes everybody's lives happier. What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 176 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. We are back. It's been almost two months since the three of us sat down and recorded a podcast, but my co-hosts, Tony Waller and Will Leach and myself, were able to carve out about 60 minutes on a beautiful Monday afternoon to get caught up on all things Georgia football. Why? It's G-Day on Saturday, and we, of course, had to do a show. But it's not just all football-related. We discussed the red-hot Georgia baseball team, the strange Final Four game, which Will was at, that involved Auburn not realizing that they actually lost the game to Virginia. And towards the end of the podcast, Will shares a very interesting take on how he views the Tiger Woods victory at the Masters this year. So thanks for tuning us in. I know since it's been a while, you might have forgotten about us, but we appreciate it. It's a good show today. Here's Will to get us started. First off, it's good to see you guys again. It is good, good to good. see everyone. Look at us, by the way. Um, we have not actually gotten together since even the flagpole story. So oh, that's a right. good job for us to, to get on the back of that positive publicity. A PR agent would not be happy with us for saying, oh, great. I think I tweeted it out and I shared it on Facebook. Yeah, but then we're supposed to do like a show after and say, hello, all you new people that met us in the flagpole. I mean, we're creators and you can't force that. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> I mean, it's more art. We actually did have to force it this week. Otherwise, because I was like, hey, guys, it's G-Day Saturday. We should probably get together. Dude. Yeah. No. Which explains why we're podcasting at 5 p.m. This on is a the only one hour I have this week. <laughs> well, this is honestly like that we are all. Unless we can do it at like 11.30 at night. We are all dads with children in baseball. Softball. Baseball. (laughs) And soccer. And softball. And soccer. Forgive me. And band. Yeah, and with the the way the weather's been and spring break for Oconee County, Walker has three games this week uh, because of a rain out. And uh, we've got – actually, Will's dying in the closet. Why did you put peanuts (laughs) on Are you having a peanut allergy? No, I just got those things. The skins get stuck in the throat. (laughs) We said – if I had a peanut allergy, I would be dead. We I said already died. We said peanuts. <laughs> yes, I, okay, I definitely. Don't. Okay. Well, you're talking fast, and the skin's stuck in your throat. And I want to make sure. Yes, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Um, so Start we're back. Down. So we're back. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back, guys. I mean, it's been, it's been a long it's dry been, spell. It really has been a while. It really has been a while. So I'm glad. I'm glad we were able to finish. So forgive us. So that's the reason. Like honestly, I I coach the machine pitch team here in Athens. And we're uh, three nights a week plus wins two nights a week. It's everyone's away, and you guys are, of course, the same way. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm traveling, and you're traveling, yeah. and everyone's going to spring break. I'm, I'm not traveling ever again. After I'm, <laughs> I just did. I'm, I'm fortunately done with traveling, other than a trip to Macon in a couple of weeks for about a month. And then I go back to not just family travel, I have more work travel in the summer. So, Scott, you and I took really interesting spring break. So Will took an interesting spring break. Every year, my my wife's father uh, has a uh, place at a uh, at a, a what a property that used to be, to try to judiciously uh, separate itself. Oh, I know what you're from the current about. administration. Uh, I always kind of admire that. Actually, they're like whatever. Like whatever your thoughts about the guy, and I have some thoughts about the guy. I always kind of admire that. In some of the places are really garish. This was always a very nice place. I always felt a little uncomfortable, but it's a nice place in, in Jupiter. And they always try to kind of separate what was going on in DC and that guy was doing and with the place now. That has stopped. All the golf carts have Trump 2020 stickers all over them. For, as who would have thought another norm broken, but. Uh, uh, yeah, Did you see any Patriots know. fans down there? Uh, I, I I didn't see any. I don't. Uh, yeah, I think wow. I saw any Patriots fans. Down there. I see where you're going with there. I see where you're going with there. <laughs> they need a hand with something. Yeah. Wow. All I'm. You'll be here all week. What? Come on. High heat today. And then Scott, you went out west. You decided to take the family roadster. <laughs> yeah. I um. I looked at the flights for five people, and it was like I don't know, fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars or something. I was like, yeah, we'll drive. Um, $525 in gas, uh, 4,130 miles, 71 hours in the car. It was amazing. We saw parts of the country that of course I'd never seen before. I felt like, you know, on the road again with Willie Nelson's song, seeing things that I may never see again. That is definitely the truth. I will never be in Northeast New Mexico again. 
funny story. An 80 year old woman flicked us off when we were, when we were in Northeast New Mexico and Clayton, New Mexico, we had, uh, we were crossing the street in our car or she was crossing the street on her feet, shuffling a little bit, going to the liquor store. And I didn't have my camera on. I didn't have anything on the kids and Jennifer and I, it's, it's like our stairs locked onto her as we were waiting for her to cross. She crosses right in front of us <laughs> and just holds it up okay. as we turn left and she continues to do that and the stark shock on my kid's face. I'm like, was that the first time this ever happened to y'all? They're like, yeah. I'm like, well, that's good. Yeah. You know, now you, can, now you got a story. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I might retire there. I think that lady knows how to party. <laughs> she does yeah. know how to party. We went Nashville the first night to Hayes, Kansas. Don't ask me. That's in the middle <clears> of Kansas. <throat> Fort Collins, Denver, Keystone, Colorado, three nights. Keystone to Abilene, Texas. You might want to Google Earth that thing. That's a long drive. Abilene to Austin, which Austin's amazing. Austin to Houston. Houston to Jackson, Jackson to Watkinsville. So, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Long trip. Well, I spent spring break in Jamaica. We drove to Jamaica. And um, we, of course, didn't drive. But uh, we had a great time. It was uh, fantastic. We're down there with some, with, with some friends from Kristen's Law School class. And uh, surpri- it's surprising. So my friend that works down there, he works in the U.S. Embassy. He's a foreign service officer. And we were discussing going to whatever. And so we were discussing how most American tourists die. He said, the average American tourist dies from here is a Big Ten fan. And he's from Michigan originally, keep in mind. Mm -hmm. A Big Ten fan who has been cooped up all winter. They come down here. They get drunk. And then they they try to swim. They jump off the high dive at Rick's Cafe or the cliff at Rick's Cafe and have a heart attack. I'm like... Cool. And then like four minutes later, so are you going to jump off that? I was like, no, I don't want you to have to fill out paperwork. Um, so, I mean, if you've got to go. I guess yeah, I do. Yeah. I guess I can yeah, come up with some other ways, but um, or not. Yes. The, uh, but no, we had a great time. We were in Jamaica for the better part of a week. We were a couple of days all-inclusive, and then the rest of the time at a house that had formerly been owned by Princess Anne. Um, yes, that Princess Anne. And uh, we had a fantastic Anne Boleyn. Anne Boleyn. Speaking of losing your head, yeah, did she, they, she um, had some green gables? Like, well, she was from the green gables. So she was well, the, them, but the gables, the gables were not green. Um, so, I had my first experience driving on the left side of the road. I never get it. I've never done that. I'd it be more concerned odd. with crossing the street. Crossing the street does present its own unique challenges. Do you have to coach Charlie up on that? Uh, no, we didn't let him cross the street. <laughs> Fifteen or twenty minutes into driving, you kind of get used to it. The hard part is when you wake up in the morning, you're driving, you have to reorient. You have to remind yourself, okay, I got to look the right direction. Because wow. the hardest thing is you just you look the wrong direction. Next thing you know, some guy in a dump truck um, going seventy four miles an hour because speed limit is merely a suggestion there. Um, runs you over. I'm surprised that's not how tourists die. I have to assume that second, hmm. but you know it's, it was a good time. And guys, we got the G day coming up. Yeah. So is this the official? It's funny over here uh, here in the in the official studio. You have uh, on the window the Georgia schedule. I've always thought the G Day is the official start of I think the we third de- season. I think yeah. you may have to get that. I think up. we debated that last year, and we said no. It'll be our first podcast in like July once yeah, fall camp right. starts. That's so I think this is because if yeah, you think just about when it, we started. Yeah, because basketball just ended. Baseball has kind of bridged that gap. Yeah, baseball's so, still going on. Yeah. yeah, we should talk about that for a minute. We should. Yeah, yeah, we so. should. But yeah, let's go ahead and set the table for G Day. Um, it's where Tony can practice tailgate. He's uh, on record talking about how much he likes practice tailgating. Unfortunately, he won't be at G-Day this Saturday. My mother-in-law very rarely, if ever, asked us to come see them. And she said, specifically asked if we would come up for Easter. So me not being a muster agreed that was the right thing to do. <laughs> you guys have the history of this. Is this the first time G-Day has been Easter weekend? Um, I don't remember, but it's... I know it's been Masters Weekend before. It's like, we'd rather have it on Easter Weekend than Masters I'm not, Weekend. That's really the question, right? Yeah, and I think so. I think so. Sure. I mean, it's extremely late. It's the last... The Georgia's the last SEC school to yeah, have Illinois already had, it, had theirs. And yeah. Yeah, Arizona State had, had theirs in week. February, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it kicks off at 2 p.m. Um, is that a good kickoff time? Sure. Well, sure. Why not? It's SEC it, Network, right? Yeah. I don't know. I find it strange, by the way. There's a baseball game at noon. I thought it was weird that there's a baseball game at noon when G-Day is at 2. That struck me as strange. Yeah, that is the one... A home baseball game. That's Uh the one little piece of uh, complaint I have heard is that... Can't they move the baseball game up to like 11 a.m.? Maybe they could have, but what you would have preferred, of course, is to have the baseball game... At 7. 7 would be... Immediately after, or, or first pitch noon... 
kick off at three, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you stand a decent chance of getting yeah. out of there. But you know, you're just going to have people either leaving what promises to be a fairly decent basketball, baseball game or people showing up late to G-Day yeah. or not going to one or the other. Well, and I think this leads into the question of, I think I made my feelings about G-Day kind of clear over the last couple of years, which is to say, when I first got here in 2013, G-Day was really fun because like, you could literally just go down there and watch them practice. And then and there weren't a lot of people there. You could walk down there. My famous <clears> thing is, is, of, is of my son, uh, who had basically memorized, William had memorized most of the numbers on the back of the jerseys and kept getting so frustrated on G-Day right. because there are all these new numbers and all these new people. I was like, no, they switch teams. They, there's new people that come in. There's people that leave. And so like, it was that kind of intimate sort of thing. It was kind of a nice thing. Now, for reasons that I understand and for that are good for the program, it feels much like everything else for the program, much more corporatized, much more organized, much more of a massive event rather than something that I think could, is actually a pleasant thing to watch and enjoy. Event is exactly the word. I mean, it has become into a recruiting event, right? We are merely props for recruiting, which is fine. I am totally fine with that. <laughs> uh, but we are merely props for recruiting. Mean, I've long held the... I've long held the um, Opinion that there will come a point where college football is merely we are merely extras in the production that's on the field. I mean, certainly the NFL is kind of already. Yeah, the NFL is that way, right? Unless uh, you, they, they might as well. All, you're basically there to be an extra and, and, and have a reaction shot and stance. Yep. Otherwise, you would not really really need to know the fans are even there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we are there for the event. Uh, it is a recruiting event. It's one of the reasons why Kirby pushes it so hard. Although I've seen bits and pieces come out that he is he's like you know. Whatever. I mean, it's not going to be 93K Day all over again. Well, it seems as much of a campaign as it was. Yes, day. that's exactly right. And, and to, to be clear, 93K Day was kind of miserable because it was about it was, 80 degrees it and it was horrible. way too packed. And I think if you remember, I talked about how it actually got, I would argue, rather dangerous mm-hmm. uh, toward the end of the game up in the 600 level because there was no staff up there at all. Right. So people were just like crammed into the aisles. Everyone, everyone was trying to get there for kickoff. But then you got there and realized, oh, wait, this is just like a prank. This is really, really right. hard to watch yeah. at all. So everyone tries to leave at once. It was kind of it was a very uncomfortable situation. Yeah. Um, is Ludacris playing this year? No, he's okay. not. Um, <laughs> but a, they are still giving out condoms. Yeah, I'm about to say, did we just, get, anyone that just, did we just get Ludacris condoms? The, oh, that make sure. the record this year in the SEC for attendance was set by Alabama. I think it was like 63,000. So yeah. the question is, will Georgia exceed it or will it be a little bit less? I don't know. This, I think it's probably less, but that's just that's that's based on buzz and the fact that there's not a huge push for in Caesar. Yeah. Although I don't think there's a whole lot of people that drive up just for this game and stay in town. No. Um, no. So I don't know. But, but I mean, this is this is kind of to my larger point, though, right? Like a few years ago, when the first push happened, it felt like the only way I can do my job to support Georgia football, I have to is be like go. I have to right. go to this, and I think a bunch of people did that. And to their credit, and to the credit of their campaign to push it, and to the fans' credit, they did go. And then they all went like, "Oh, this is like me. Like this is actually not." A particularly fun experience as a yeah. sort of fan at all, and so no wonder inevitably it's going to dissipate until there's another change where they realize, okay, now we're going to like until they start doing things to make it more pleasant for fans rather than more f- pleasant for the recruits. The numbers are going to continue to dwindle, which is fine. I don't know, like I don't think there's anything wrong with. I'd that. love like, to see forty thousand people yeah. there. Like I don't think there's anything because then you with can the move around and yeah. enjoy the day. Now, one then thing I might want to go again. Yeah, one <laughs> thing they will be doing that's that they are that they did last year. I'm sorry. One thing they'll be doing. This year that they didn't do one thing they won't be doing this year that they did do last year. There, I finally got it. They are not going to give out suggested seating arrangements on tickets. That was kind of an unmitigated disaster last year where you'd get your ticket as you're walking in and it would say, you can sit in section 118 to 120 or mm. something like that. And we we went and sat in our regular seats. Yeah. Um, so maybe that'll help with, with the people going in. But the way that's really going to help with the people is when, just like what's already happening, fewer people are coming. When fewer people come, it's actually kind of a pleasant experience. Sure. But when there's, there's that many people there, and there's no... I mean, there's something about the structure of a football game, even a bad football game, that if you get 90,000 people in one place, there's a rhythm to it. Like, okay, here's the kickoff. Now it's the timeout. Now it's time to go. That's halftime. Now it's time to go get food. Now it's time for this. And for, for like this, where there is no structure, and there's no like clear... And Kirby's on the field. Yeah, and it's just, it's just kind of... It feels... It may not be chaos on the field, but it certainly feels like chaos from the stands. You know what it actually feels like to me? It, always, it feels like going to a gymnastics meet 
which is uh, down there. If you're not like if you're not in tune with really what's going on in a football practice or a gymnastics meet, you, you watch. You're like, I, there's like eight things going on right now. I don't know what I'm supposed to be focused on. And I think that also led to a lot of it just not being very funny. You're not getting any sort of spectacle at all. You're just watching people run plays. I think every G day I've been to, I'm excited to get there for kickoff. And I'm excited about 20 minutes into it. And then once about halfway through the second quarter rolls around, I'm kind of looking around saying, you want to go? Yeah. Let's, uh, and there's no Justin Fields this year. There's no like obvious, we have to see this person, right? That's what well, we saw Justin effective. Fields on Saturday. He, he threw a 98 yard I don't know if you heard, touchdown pass, but he looked really good on that ball. He threw 34 yards, but he was 14 or <laughs> four for 13. I think. He yeah. was three or fourteen. Three, yeah, but there's always been like this. This was there with Eason too, right? Sure. Like, like there, there's been a spectacle. There's a we have to go see this person for the first time, and obviously now there's like eight of those guys. Like so, and therefore there's not. But the buzz around Matthew Stafford when he came yeah. out there too it was pretty big. Yeah, and but that gets to the broader point that the. Kirby doesn't need this for recruiting anymore. I mean, yeah, you can't have a stadium with 14,000 people in it. A 93,000 seat stadium with 14,000 people. Like UNC. Yeah. We've come a long oh, way. Though. Illinois have like 300 people. But there's, and the place holds 90,000 people. So we've, it looked bad. We've come a long way since having spring game at Clark Central. So Well, that was because of the Olympics. Yeah, but it still happened. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care what the I don't care what the, the event would be. They would not do that now. They would move it. They would. Move. Oh well, yeah, of course. So Tony, who are we looking at this spring? What's uh, what's been happening? Who's looked good? I think anybody that pays attention to anything knows that we're going to get to talk a lot about our offensive line. Depending on who you talk to, we could legit have four NFL starters on our offensive line, maybe five. Is that why DeAndre Swift's so happy in his interviews? I have to assume so. So first off, I'm going to be looking forward to seeing how the offensive line plays against our our defensive line, and conversely, the defensive line fares against a very good offensive line. You know, the receivers have kind of been a point of question um, just because of what we lost last year. Uh, Whether Zeus gets any meaningful touches, just I don't think he's going to uh, because he's still not really doing contact. There's no need to, right? Mm -hmm. And now I'm really interested to see what we do with like guys like Devad Wilson or Mark, Mark Weber. No, Mark Webb. That's right. I almost said Weber. Uh, Mark Webb. Almost like gappers that could play safety, could play star, could play cornerback, and kind of what the rotation looks like back there. You know the term this year that you're going to hear is havoc. It's going to be a havoc defense. I've read that a, three or four times from Kirby. That's kind of his mantra this, this season on defense is that they want to wreak havoc. And caused disruption. Uh, he's, he was basically lamenting the fact that they didn't have many disruption plays last year on defense. Obviously, that was very apparent in the <laughs> second half of Alabama, uh, yeah. maybe even versus Texas as well. So I think that's going to be kind of his uh, talking points for uh, going into 2019, especially with his players. I think there's going to be a lot made of having new coordinators, particularly offensive coordinators. I don't think we're going to look that different. I, I just don't because what we have works. And I, mean, I feel like if they were going to look really different, they would have fought to keep him more. Oh, sure. Like, obviously, like, they feel like, like him. Yeah. yeah like, if they yeah. thought, oh, my gosh, if we lose him, we're going to have to do something. Like, they obviously yeah. they didn't no. do anything dramatic. They, I think it's going to look pretty You know, I now made the snarky comments about Justin Fields. Um, but the most interesting thing that's happened this offseason really is me has been the Jim Cheney almost to the point of excess talking about how he just wanted to be in Knoxville. And I don't think anybody fought to keep him, and I don't think he was sad to go. You think he was the subject of Kirby's rage strokes yelling into the headsets? My, I, I don't know. I mean, I've always know, thought Kirby was the focus. I, I was just about I to say. I think you made that point in an earlier podcast. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the one, the one in particular everybody brings up is against Kentucky, and I've watched the video clip of that, not broken it down almost to Bruce Pruder film levels, but I've rewatched that several times, and every time I look at it, there is a shot when they shift into whatever it is where Cheney throws his hands up. He's very clearly saying, what is that? I didn't call that, or we didn't call that. Look, He looks over at Coley, goes, what is this? I didn't call this. And then immediately after that, that's when Kirby has the rage stroke. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I tend to agree with Will. I think it is um, – I, I do think he was yelling at, at Cheney, but I think, you know, it's like, yeah, he was mad at Kirby. I mean, who else is, I mean, I'm just, honestly, who else on that headset is overruling Cheney? <laughs> no, there, there comes, yeah, that comes to point. Um, so, but the, the, the part about it to me will be interesting just, just to see 
how uh, the number two quarterbacks shake out right now. Everyone is, you know, I think we all assume it's going to be Stetson Bennett. Um, and hopefully that is not uh, a factor at all, all season. Yeah. Uh, but it's nice to be back there again, though, right? It's been a yeah. couple years now. Is he still wearing 22? I don't know what number he's wearing this year. He's wearing 22. Uh, I assume so. Um, and then just to see. Mathis, just to see what he has, the, yeah. to see his arm, because um, everybody seems to rave about his ability to throw the football. Um, he might be the tallest quarterback we've ever had. Yeah, yeah. six foot six. Um, the tallest ever. Not that tall. Not that tall. It's pretty tall. I mean, they do grow bigger in Texas, but um, but you know, it's it's also fun for me. I mean, we're going into a season, and I don't by no means so I want to start making predictions in April. But we're oh, going into a have season. You do that. Okay, cool. It's interesting to go into a football season where you know the biggest question we have is how many five star running backs will we have in the backfield? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean, here's my everybody drink. Here's my Seth Emerson reference of the show. But he wrote a great piece on Monday saying yep. like this no. is the deepest team. Like this is like like the, this this spring practice and then obviously when, when fall practice comes is that idea of this is where they start to look more like Alabama <clears throat> yeah. where it's just there's just so many guys one after another they're too deep everywhere and again <clears throat> this makes things like G Day and fall practice a little less exciting or summer practice a little less exciting because it's basically it's less about who's gonna fight their way to this top spot as, as it is oh here's two five stars that are just gonna yeah, there's, I think the analogy uses the, 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 the linebacker yeah yeah the linebacker uh, Grant <clears throat> I think uh, was and Dean yeah. Grant and Dean and uh, where basically like two years ago it was like okay here comes the next star and now he's like fifth the, the next star. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's that's what this is. And that's great. And that's, that is hopefully going to pay off come September. It makes it your usual position battle. And what are we going to see here? Seems a little less relevant when everybody's a stud. It's just, okay, which stud is going to step slightly above, above this, this other stud? It makes it, to me, it makes it less compelling to watch some of these positional battles. Because it's not like, it's not like someone's going to come from out of nowhere. Like, Again, as someone that watches a school other than Georgia, where it's always like, wow, this walk-on has shown been very feisty in practice. And it turns out he's so much better than anybody realized he was. This is not a program where that's going to happen. No. And, uh, and so, which is great. And that means that this is a sign of a healthy program. It also takes, I would argue, some <clears throat> of the narrative fun out of these things a little bit. I would argue the backup quarterback is actually one of the few things left that is like that. Yeah. But, uh, and I mean, that, that, that in the defensive backfield. Yeah. We got me in, but even then, you're talking about which five-star is going to start. Right. I mean, this, I mean, which five-star is going to come off the bench. I mean, this is not even really a position battle as much as what the rotation will be. One of the things that uh, has really been playing out in the media is the reemergence of Demetrius Robertson because you know he was the big get last year in the transfer portal. Had a great first game, great first touch, and then you didn't really hear from him again. And I think the story that's being written is you know the position that is carved out for him. You know it was kind of occupied by Ridley last year, and um, he's been playing well. He's gotten written up that maybe he's finally figured out what his role is on this team. And I don't know if that's just filling up space because they got to write articles, but uh, I think that could be one of those big uh, salves that you're looking for because of the attrition that we had at wide receiver. Well, the problem with him and we'll remain with him is blocking. I mean, this reason he to get on the field last year. They have him kind of run in this slot, uh, like you talked about there with Ridley. Um, and to, but no amount of great hands are going to make up if you can't, can't, you can't seal somebody or at least provide enough of a blocking, um, fundamental technical block to allow your running backs to get the third level. And that's, Georgia's offense runs off that, period. I mean, that's probably why Nalda, frankly, is going to be a third rounder, is his blocking skills. I mean, he can catch the football, but there are not a lot of NFL teams right now going like, this guy's going to be – I mean, they, they have him out there because he can catch the football, but he also is one of the premier blocking tight ends in college football. And the same goes for the receivers, right? And that's one of the reasons why all those receivers will get looks in the draft because – they are very, very good downfield blockers. They are able to lock up guys, not just with a route running, but also lock them up and blocking on, on pattern blocking, which 
it's a difference maker in the NFL and, frankly, on the offense where the runs. Well, a lot of those runs, those long runs that DeAndre Swift has had the past two years is because of outside perimeter – I mean, outside blocking because of the wide receivers. Yeah, well, you know, wide receivers running guys into the bench. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is absolutely lineman porn, but it's just beautiful to watch it happen because you know, go back to the run against Auburn in the SEC championship game a year and a half ago. I mean – I remember that one. He was yeah. – no one was close to him. And you had a you had a slot receiver, you had a wide out, and you had a tight end all had key blocks on that that play. It was just I mean, one of them was twenty seven yards downfield. I mean, think about Jason Stanley. He played four years, five years here. He barely caught a pass, but he was out there a lot because of his blocking potential. Yeah, he played he played seventy percent of the offensive yeah. plays some games. How you have to overcome the loss of Luke Ford? I think we're still talking about yeah. how's he doing in spring? Mama, I mean, he is not if he has a waiver yet. Mama called. So Mama called. I don't know if he has a waiver yet, but I mean he's I mean he's obviously by far the most talented player in Illinois. <laughs> and he's like the what the twenty fifth, maybe thirtieth most talented player in Georgia. Do maybe. you want your Illinois minute right now? Do you have any uh they thoughts on Lovey or they had their spring game, um and I guess that beard's pretty long by now. The beard, the beard is still pretty substantial. Yeah, uh, it is clearly the year they probably need to make a bowl game, and I think everyone is treating it accordingly. So the, the they they finally are getting some of their much lower level recruiting classes stacked up together. So now they have a Lovey's team. Like these are almost all his recruits, most of which he was actually playing as freshmen, which is why they were so bad the first two years. Of course, the expectation is now okay. Now you're going to be good. They did not end up getting Khalil Tate. That was one of the things everyone was kind of hoping was going to happen because Rod Smith, the offensive coordinator, was his coach back in the day. They didn't get that. So quarterback is a big problem for Illinois. But uh, everyone else uh, seems to be a lot better, and uh, it's bowl game or bust. Flexbone, man. Flexbone. Yeah, you know it's the offseason that my Illinois minute actually lasted less than a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple other new. Oh, wait. Before we get into that, let's jump into baseball real quick. Okay. Yeah. Because the Diamond Dogs just finished a weekend series at Tennessee. They dropped the first two games. They got the... It's the first time all season they've lost back-to-back yeah, games. They won on Saturday. It was a Thursday through Saturday. Um where did they fall to in the rankings? They're ten and, right ten and five in the SEC. And will did you pull up the rankings? Pulling them up this exact second. According to my phone, they are number five. Okay, number five and third among a uh, second among SEC teams. Uh, Stanford's fourth, Mississippi State third, Oregon State second, UCLA one. Does so ten and five have them Tennessee's tied for the top? Ten of the, they're tied with Mississippi State for the best record in the SEC. They have Clemson on Tuesday <laughs> okay. at home, and then they have a weekend series versus Missouri. Yep. And I don't think Missouri is any good. Um, they were beating the dogs not at LSU Sunday. They actually I don't beat know. LSU. Oh, really? Yeah, well, I just kind of assume because of baseball team in Missouri. I have no facts to back yeah. that Well, I mean, there are some statement. baseball teams in Missouri that have won 11 world championships, I feel obliged to point out. Uh, but it's not, it's not the Royals. It's, it's probably the team that has the same record as the Braves right now. Nine and six. It's nine and six. It's probably too early to talk about it. Speaking of nine and six, six, I don't know. Um, but uh, but yeah, I would say that uh, I also I they're already doing bracketology for the NCAA tournament. I'll have you know. Yeah, Georgia looks like very, remember this is the top eight they get to host uh, the regionals. They look very well off in that regard. In fact, the last the last top forty five, excuse me, the last bracketology I saw had them as the number one seed in the region and the number two seed in the region as Illinois. Which wow, would be that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> that'd be cool. So. We've been waiting for a Georgia-Illinois matchup for, yeah. since we started this podcast. The last one I can think of happened. would have been the tennis championship in 03. Women, well, women, the women's team played in 14 or 15. Okay. The women's team played in 14 or 15. Oh, no. I, I guess, no. Georgia played I mean, Georgia, basketball yeah, in Chicago. And, and they what, also played 10 in, or 11, uh, 8, Gwinnett. 9, 10. They also played in uh, That's right. That was a return Duluth, game. Yeah. Yeah. So what would that look like? Say it's a super regional. Georgia hosting Illinois at Foley Field. Um, would that be a super regional? No, I think say it, if it was. I, I, I don't no, think I don't it know. would. I, I mean, Illinois would need an upset in another region to be able to get to that level. Any postseason college baseball at Foley Field, we would go to that game. Yeah, we and we'd look we over at our yeah. friend Will, and we would think that he had changed right before our eyes. I thought be, about this a lot, particularly yeah. with my basketball tickets. Sure, because I could like a, a, like I love obviously I love Georgia basketball, and my seats are right on the floor. I'm there every single game, and I always like. I, as an Arizona Cardinals fan, you would all I've, I've had friends talk about they go to games and people would wear Arizona Cardinals stuff all year except for when the Cowboys were there and they would wear their Cowboys things and I was like those people are monsters how could they do that if Illinois basketball ever played at Georgia all these people that have seen me cheering for Georgia for well, at that point sure. I assume will have been a decade will see me wearing orange and blue and screaming my head off well no, for Illinois yeah. basketball yeah 
But, and, no, uh, I, but yeah. Yeah, I would respect that yeah. completely. Yeah. Well, not the orange part, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, orange has a much... Ne- like, like, orange is generally innocuous in Illinois, but down here, is, there's all sorts of connotations with all. Yeah. Well, we're, not, we're not ugly to the sea orange. We're just... No. Are you ugly Auburn orange? Our blue's a little different different than theirs. Our orange is a little brighter. It's brighter. Yeah. Uh, the Illinois orange is the brightest orange. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, period, on the yeah. palette. It's actually brighter than Syracuse orange. Yes, orange. it is. I just wanted to hear y'all's opinions on the Auburn fans reacting, the thinking they won. <laughs> yes, I was there, by the way. And then thinking, oh, at, you were at the I game? I was at the game. I was at the game. So why was it so confusing? Okay, I can tell you exactly okay. why. I was actually sick because uh, my press seats were on uh, – because when they, when they do the Final Four at a big football stadium, there's the press seats. The, the, the fancy people, like your Matt Norlanders and right. your Seth Davises, are all right on the – by the way, I, everyone points out the Guster is for lovers – uh, sticker that's on the back of a. If you anytime you watch the NCAA tournament, inevitably you'll see Gusters is for Lover. That's a sticker on the back of a. Computer. That's Norlander. That's my friend Matt Norlander, who is a I would argue the best college basketball reporter in the world, and um, uh, he gets those fancy seats. We get them on the ends because I'm New York Magazine and I'm not there all the time. So well, by being on the end, it makes you right behind the student section of one of the teams. So this year I was in the student section of um, uh, for uh, behind the student section for Auburn, and behind the student section for Michigan State. So the two losers in the first two rounds. I was behind Texas Tech, actually. I was the. I guess I was the curse. But Auburn's fans. <laughs> so basically, the reason, well, you don't have to tell us about Auburn's fans. The, but. <laughs> yes, sorry. The reason it was confusing, and I was confused as well because I was sitting right with him. All we see is him going up for the show. Like we don't see hear a whistle. The, the announcers are not telling us what's happened. All we see is him going up for the shot, him missing it, and time going out. That's all the Auburn fans in that section saw. I saw the guy that poured the beer on himself and got arrested afterwards. For the record, they were arresting everybody down there. They were arresting every like they were not messing around with those college students down there. Like they they had they liked the student section. They do not like actual student activity. <laughs> they do sell beer, by the way, at the Final Four. I think it's it's just happened for the last couple of years. But they, uh, so that was what happens. It, I also sitting right behind the Auburn section thought that Auburn had won. I did not hear the whistle. You could not tell what was going on. It took a second to realize that it did not happen. So it was, uh, it was rough, man. That's a rough way to lose, and it couldn't happen to a better bunch of people. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it's, it's just proof that evil doesn't always win. I mean, honestly, if Auburn would have won, made it to the national championship game or even won it, Oh my god! I don't even know if I can. Like, I don't know if I can watch. I don't even understand the world anymore. If that yeah. happens, like, I was weird enough that Texas Tech was in the national championship game. Yeah, and that was I, strange. Not, not to say the beard is anything like Pearl at all, but it's just weird seeing Texas Tech in the national championship game. It's not weird seeing Virginia. Virginia has a history of basketball. Well, Samson, and obviously they've been a good team for a while. But for Texas Tech to just kind of come out of nowhere, to me, if you're a Tom Crean skeptic. Chris Beard is your exhibit A. The idea that a guy basically just comes in right from the get-go. He's like, I'm not trying to build a program. That's not what basketball is anymore. I'm going in and saying, and I'm going to find guys specifically for what I want to do. That team was half transfers. Yep. Half transfers and half dudes <clears throat> that just came in and found the right spot. And, he, and same thing he did. Uh, same thing he did last year. It's the same thing he did at Arkansas Little Rock yep. the year before. Yep. He has basically decided, I'm not building a program. You do that in football. In basketball, you scramble together every piece that you need right then and tell everyone you're our guy right now and work it together. And Creed's whole thing is about we're trying to change the culture. We're trying to make Georgia a big thing here. Chris Beers basically said, I'm a Texas Tech. I'm not changing any culture here. I'm just going to be the best team I can right now. And if you are, if you are one of those people that, that worries that Georgia is going the Alabama way, in basketball, which is to say you bring in a high-profile coach who brings in high-profile pro, high recruits, which is what he did with um, what's-his-face that plays for Colin uh, Sexton. Colin Sexton. Uh, come, brings in this awesome recruit, never actually makes the I think they made one game in the tournament lost. And then two years later, he's out. That's the fear, is the new paradigm seems to be going away from the we're building a program here. Some obviously it can work, but like at this point, so many like Duke's getting every range of recruit and Kentucky's getting every recruit. You almost have to just like scrap it together with spit and gristle. <laughs> and that beard was kind of proof of that happening. But it was happy to see, I watching sad Auburn fans was very pleasant. The montage that someone put up on YouTube of the Auburn fans running to Tumor's corner and starting to roll it Oof. and then having to realize what happened and slowly, sadly walking away. 
It's, Not it's it was a glorious moment. Worth watching. It was a beautiful moment. I wasn't watching. I was at dinner um, with some friends in Atlanta, and I had it on. I had a little house screen under the yeah. table, and my um, somebody said, "You need to put the away." I was like, "No chance of putting this away." <laughs> and I'm sorry, it's your birthday, yeah. but uh, you know. That's just not how I roll. And the National Championship was a great game, too. It was, it was just it was. a reminder. Every time I go to the Final Four, this is my sixth consecutive year. Next year, it's in Atlanta. Yep. So I'll be, I'll be there for seven uh, next year. It'll be very exciting to have it in Atlanta. Imagine imagine uh, Anthony John, Anthony Edwards uh, bringing Georgia in Atlanta to the Final Four. Every single time I'm, I'm at the Final Four, I just imagine what it's so... Like, those Texas Tech fans... And this is Lubbock. Like, this is not... I drove through Lubbock. Yeah. This, you, so I get you it. See, I've never I've actually seen, seen Lubbock. Lubbock. But you, you know, like you've yeah. seen it. To see like the wide-eyed look for like your team is at the final four. It feels different than a college football national championship game. It's great. I've seen oh, it hundred percent. Well, they're all together. Yeah, and like, and it really is. It's people ask me like, what are my favorite events to cover? And the Super Bowl is obviously fun. I prefer the Final Four. I actually prefer the World Series and the NBA Finals. Because they all feel like home final four, less so obviously, but they all feel like everyone is awed to be there or it's happening at your place. Like, holy cow, the World Series is here yeah. where I watched yeah. a boring afternoon game against In the Marlins last week. Yeah. And the World Series is here. And to me, that's the fun of the final four is this massive spectacle, but it's not New York teams there. It's not Los Angeles or Chicago teams there. It's Lubbock and Charlottesville and East Lansing, Michigan. That to me is the fun of the Final Four, and that's something. If Georgia or Illinois, uh, uh, Illinois has been there, and, so has Georgia, and uh, <laughs> we have been longer. But um, Georgia, if they were to ever make it, I hope I wouldn't. That, I'm not, I won't miss it. No. Oh yeah, I would hope that Georgia fans would realize just how amazing it is <clears> to be the Final Four. Having your team in the Final Four is a truly, truly awesome thing. Well, the cool thing about the Final Four is you have a very good mix of obviously fans of the teams, right? Um, so the only, only time I've been in the Final Four is when it was in Indianapolis. It was um, – the first game was um, West Virginia versus Duke, and that was the game. Huggs, Huggins was the coach. Was um, that Pitt Snoggle? Maybe it was. Yeah. Um, whoever their big player was got hurt somewhere, somewhere in the middle of the second half. Um, and then Michigan State versus Butler. Butler. And um, – one of the things I wasn't really prepared for is how many people who are there who are just sports fans. This is a pilgrimage to them. This is an opportunity to go watch great college basketball and be in the atmosphere of the national championship of the Final Four. So you, get, you don't get like the national championship football game or even the SEC or even bowl games. You don't have much of that. It's, it's a natural tension between one team versus another. It's also so new. Yeah, it is new. Yeah. 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 But I agree with you. I No, I'm absolutely want to go back to the national championship game. Um, but there is something it's different. different. It's a different experience. And I, I used to really want to go to the Super Bowl, and I just there's nothing about it now that appeals to me just because, well, getting back to what we're talking about earlier, the fans are just the props, Yeah, um, especially for the Super Bowl. Um, the World Series, I'd like to go back to that. That was that was such The fun. World Series is still my favorite uh, because, for that exact reason, like the World Series is here. Yeah. Like this, the whole plan, whatever, whatever your thoughts about baseball's influence in the world, the whole plan is watching us, our home stadium. It's like our chance to kind of like show off. I would like, I will close on this when it comes to the college football national championship game. I do think that that happened almost so fast and so insanely for Georgia when that happened. It was a year, it was earlier than everyone's expecting it. It was on the heels of that unbelievable game. And then you're like, holy shit, we got to do this in like, sorry, we got to do this in eight days. And like, and it's Alabama. It was almost just, to, and the president was there. It's just like a whole massive, massive thing. I do think the next time Georgia makes a national championship game, I don't know if there'll be appreciation. <laughs> appreciation is probably the wrong way to put it because there'll be such urgency about it. But I do think that like there will be more of a sense of the moment now. Like that almost happened too fast. Yeah, yeah. It almost happened too fast to where what now Georgia has come close twice again, since then. And now we know... At what it takes. Like now you realize that, like, oh wow, to get back there requires climbing this huge, huge hill to actually be able to do it. I had a couple things written down. As this I does not do. shock me. Yes, and so one of the things in the past couple months or weeks has been we've heard that there's been some new teams added to the schedule, like Florida State and Oklahoma. They continue. Yeah, Oklahoma's on the schedule. So I wanted to go through 
the 2019 schedule, mm-hmm. not I don't necessarily need your predictions okay. on games yet because I think that would be too soon. But one of the things that um, concerned me for the schedule, you know, it actually works out pretty good. They only have one, two, three, four true road games, and then the fifth with uh, Jacksonville down in Florida. Um, you got a great home schedule: Notre Dame, Texas A and M. That uh, stretch at the end is just yeah, gonna it's going to be tough. But the it's going to be so fun though. Yeah, uh, it's going to oh, be yeah. so fun. The thing that concerns me is there are, and we're going to count Vandy with this when I when I get through this. I already have my hotel, by the way. I'm officially booked for that game. So. Georgia has to face one, two, three, four, five, six, six teams with an off week before they play. Yeah. And that's going to be significant. You know, Vandy, first game of the year, they've got a Tennessee has an off week. We do too, but they have an off week before we play them. South Carolina has an off week. That's here, though. That's That's at home. Um, Florida, of course, has an off week. Mizzou comes here, but they have an off week beforehand. Auburn as an off week before we travel down there. And so that could be one of those intangibles that comes up when, you know, you're dealing with the, when it's the fifth week of the season and you're just kind of sitting there thinking what could go wrong. I mean, I'm kind of taking the Larry Munson approach right now, but um, I'd, I'd say it doesn't look to me as easy as some people say with the amount of talent we have coming back. You know, you just heard us speak so highly about how Kirby's kind of, finally made it like Alabama, and then you're saying, yeah, we well, got you got the guys on the field and everything, but then you've got to navigate this legitimate schedule that they have this year with uh, basically two non-conference teams coming here because Texas A&M's never – hadn't played here since, like, the 80s. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that Notre Dame game is – I mean, I, I think there will be a uh, – I mean, I'll obviously be excited to have Notre Dame here, but I do think the average Georgia fan – is just assuming Georgia's going to win that game because they won at Notre Dame and Georgia is now better mm-hmm. and has stacked stuff up and we've seen <clears> Notre Dame kind of falter and when they have and I have to say we 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 always talk about landmines of when it turns like either like listen we've all talked this before either Kirby Smart wins a national championship in Georgia or they run his ass out of town <laughs> like that's just all there is to it like that is all there is to it and so every year that he does not win a national championship. So it's that, what's the old, uh, the, the doomsday clock going to mm-hmm. midnight? Yep. Like, it always pushes it one little minute toward that. I'm not saying he deserves it to any stretch of the imagination. But what I'm saying is, that is the expectation. That is the shift in everything that everyone has done with Georgia football. So every year you don't win the national championship, that doomsday clock goes slightly closer to midnight. The nightmare scenario, I mean, that Notre Dame game is going to be tough. Like, Notre Dame is better. Like, this is not, like, Notre Dame is a good team. And I have tons of time to talk about that game. But, like... There is a non-nightmare. There's a nightmare scenario where something goes wrong in that third game of the year, and Arkansas State, the fourth game of the year. Oh, Notre Dame's fourth yes, game. Yes, I was thinking, whoa, yeah. that would be bad. Mills not coaching there anymore. Is he? No, no. But you know, I mean, Vanderbilt's beat Tennessee three years in a row, and we start with them on the road, and you can't sleep on them. I, yeah, I mean, the schedule is a fun. We finally get a fun. It's home a schedule. fun. It's schedule. a fun home. Yeah. Schedule. It's a fun. Like, it's worth the it's donation and the cost yeah. of. Having to pay. Yeah. I unfortunately am not going to Vanderbilt um, as much as I would love to. It's a fun trip, but it is, uh, our family has a longstanding um, tradition of going to the lake and having a family weekend, uh, which I can get away with with a game in Atlanta or a game here. I can't very well drive to to Nashville, even if it's a noon game, and turn around and come back and and participate in family stuff. There is, for the record, the year after this is the Virginia game. Yep. Yep. All right, so before we get into the final bit that I have planned, um, we got a couple questions on Twitter. And by a couple, I mean two. two. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> um, that's, how, that's what I thought you meant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> reading a couple. One of them came in from Garrett Key at GKey23. It rhymes. Mm-hmm. UGA's baseball team has okay hitting, but nothing great. Pitching and defense are exceptional. Feel like that is what did Georgia in last year in the regionals. Not enough pitching. What's y'all's thoughts on UGA this season, if they can make it to the postseason, with how far they can go? I mean, they're obviously making it to the postseason. Sure. I mean, they're a top-ten team. Um, I think it's actually kind of amazing how far Georgia baseball has come so quickly. 
I mean, again, I just feel obliged to remind right. everybody. We were like, oh, well, obviously the coach is going to get fired at the end right. of this year. We the, know this is yeah, done. last this year. This was 14 months ago. Yeah. yeah. So, like, this has gotten turned around so quickly. I mean, this is also an example of what happens when you turn around that when when you turn around that quickly. Say, so, okay, so, like, are they going to choke when they make it in the top 10 again this year? Like, it's amazing that they're even at this point, particularly after losing. I know that we all looked at this just through the Justin Fields prism when that thing happened last year, but that was one of their best players. Like, yeah. It was like a star player on that team. <clears throat> and like, I'm not saying he shouldn't have been gone. It was obviously the right decision, but like that is an actual hole that was a hard, not necessarily the easiest one to fill and they haven't missed a step. So I, I think that it's really kind of amazing. We talked about this when I first moved here about how, like, wow, I see Foley Field and people tell me how awesome the baseball games used to be. And now it seems like they're terrible all the time. And it should not, we should appreciate what they've kind of got going well, on. They've had a couple of streaks of bad luck on Friday because, like, Emerson Hancock has pitched a couple of gyms. They lost, they were shut out by LSU, lost like one nothing or 2 nothing. Same thing at home against Vanderbilt. Pitches a gym of a game, strikes out a bunch of, batters but they don't score and then friday night and saturday last week they didn't score so that could be a problem at the time they've had a lot of injuries uh this year but you know tucker maxwell is kind of the straw that stirs the drink over there well i think georgia has the talent pitching wise particularly to make a a college world series run i mean you know so much of baseball is luck there are in any given season there are what, 10, 12 teams talented enough to just be on paper locks, right? But that also means there's only eight teams going. But you also have to have luck. Baseball's always been a game of luck. It's always about luck, um, especially when you start talking about a double elimination term- tournament. This is the great joke of, like, if you were to put the Marlins who were the, or the Orioles, yeah. like the two worst teams of baseball, mm-hmm. and just all of a sudden it's like, you know what? You get a spot in the ALDS. Yeah. There's a one in three spot that you that you advance. Yeah. So. Right. And that, but that's also the reason why, frankly, baseball has gone from five-game series to seven-game series because over time, the better coach, the better talent, the more talented teams will win a longer, the more games you play, um, which is part of the awesome part that uh, about the first – about the first weekend and the first round of the College World Series, right? It's like you get you can have chaos. So I would like to see, and the people are like, oh, you're going to poo-poo this a little bit, but I'd like to see a step back from the well, we got to go College World Series, or we're just this season sucked. We we were a team last season that lost to a hot Duke team, the two seed in the region, and we got a couple of bad breaks and ended up losing the first game. That if we win, we're Hosting a super regional, period. Texas Tech. Right? Posted them. And instead, we had a couple of fluky bounces in the seventh inning and lost the first game. And then the second game, Duke just played better than us. And that's how that happens. That's why. That's how baseball is designed. I mean, look, the what's the very best record there's ever been in baseball? What, 120? I think 118. 118 and something? That game, that team still lost 44 times. And lost in the playoffs. And lost in the playoffs. <laughs> so, so yeah. you know, you, you have to be careful in assuming, well, if a team doesn't make the College World Series, or if a team doesn't hang a banner, that season sucked. Because that's not the way baseball worked. I'd yeah. posit that's not the way football and basketball work, but that's a whole other windmill to till that. All right, this one comes from Sea Dog Knight. He asked two questions. I like C. Dog. He's a good. Fan. Oh yeah, he's C-Dog, he's yeah. very uh, prolific on Twitter. He says, "Does a spring game honestly, truly mean anything for the real season?" And then, second question: When are y'all having a post game autograph session? <laughs> you want to come over right now? <laughs> yeah, we're here. Um, um, Wait, no, uh, he's not going to hear this until later. Oh, that's right. Well, well, don't Scott, don't show up my house Scott tomorrow. Then. My authority sign my signature. Here, just here, just uh, just go. Well, I'm going to tweet out from the WSLS account. The, I'm going to put the pin of where we are, where the studios <laughs> right. are. Here we go. Just, just show up whenever. Um, I, we, I mean, we kind of covered G Day earlier in the podcast, but I mean, the one thing I would say about it is like, you know, uh, is, has anyone ever had a bad spring game? I mean, honestly, is as everyone I mean, is anyone, short of an injury? Or has something. anyone ever looked at and, and like? Oh, this team's going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> right? And either it's a fan or media or a coach. Anyone that says that, is, well, I would never trust them anyway. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Right. So. All right. And um, real quick, our friends over at Tailgate Georgia, um, Chantel, mm-hmm. uh, she wanted us to let our listeners know that they have these awesome T-shirts like this one. And um, 
they are $32, but if you mention Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast, they can get it for 20 Oh, that's hey, a good deal. That's yeah. 12, 12 American buckaroos. Yes. So stop by. I think they're having some people um, sign. I know Devin Gales is going to be there. Awesome. Uh, and a couple of Fred Gibson and I forget the third guy. White Cross Flash. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, go see uh, Tailgate Georgia. You can and get some shirts. while you're there, tell them that they should uh, get more kid stuff. I think that every time I'm there, they need kid stuff there. Yeah, that hat that I put on Instagram a couple times, everybody comments whenever I put it up, then that's where I bought that hat. Yeah, well, like my, 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 uh, yeah, your zip. my, hoodie, my zipper hoodie is from there. Yep. I love that thing. But uh, I've, I've, now I mix and match that with the starter jacket. I like the starter jacket. No, I like the starter jacket. The starter jacket. It takes you back to the late 80s. Yeah, strong. So very Ray Goffish. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or do you? Okay. Uh, all right, so the last 13 minutes, <laughs> um, we have buy or sell again. Okay. We had so much fun with this last time, so I came up with 20 um, items. Uh, hopefully, we can rapid and fire through And for the record, in this economy, just sell and run for the hills. You could. You could. Whatever is coming. So my first one, and this made me very excited, and this is why I put it down there, because I think it should be like this every year. Master's Sunday starting at 9 a.m. I thoroughly enjoyed having the early start being done by 2. It was almost like I was on West Coast time. So buy or sell Master's Sunday at 9 a.m. Like the leaders tee off at nine. I will confess, I'm going to buy it because I like golf that much. I'm happy to have it over quickly. I, I'm torn about that. Uh, we had this discussion at lunch. Oh, really? I, I'm going to I'm going to balance a middle because while I liked it, there is something very cool about having the yeah, whole having a party and, and party out. Yeah. yeah, that was the part about it. I, we yeah. It's they like were done, I mean, we hadn't even started drinking or eating pimento cheese. It's like having a noon kickoff, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's better than having a noon kickoff. Like a noon kickoff. No, I liked it. I liked it a lot, and I don't really like noon kickoffs. All right, um, Major League Baseball standings in April. Should do you buy or sell? Like who's in the lead? Oh, who's I'm having a terrible like, season? I'm sure, I follow. This. I am by. I, I I know that you're not supposed to do it, but like for crying out loud, it's fun, man. Like I'm like like the Cardinals are playing the Brewers tonight. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals are a half game behind the Brewers. And if the Cardinals win, they're in first place, and that is awesome. So you're not going to tell me that my team being in first place is something that I should be like. Oh well, small sample size. Wait a minute, are you? I'm going to enjoy my team being in first place. Wait a minute, are we talking about actually using standings? Or are you talking about gloating? In- gloating. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Padres versus Mariners in the World Series since they have the best records. <laughs> Buy or sell? That, I, there'd be some beautiful uniforms. Uh, beautiful uniforms and, frankly, very nice stadiums. Yeah. Uh, I would sell. You know, having spent a week. I would sell both, but uh, let's get Seattle. Seattle, for the record, has the longest playoff drought in North American professional sports right now. 97, So let's right? get them. No, it's been 01. It was the year they oh, won yeah, the yeah, yeah, games. Yeah. It was Ichiro, Ichiro's rookie year. Wow. Is the last time. Is that, he's that, still playing college? I mean, he was 45 when he was a rookie, but still. <laughs> I was about to say, I, I like right. literally looked out my hotel room at Peggy Wally. It's such an awesome Yeah, it's a great park. Okay, so, so sorry, that again. Concerts of people or bands you've never heard before, buy or sell? Buy. I would say... As long as I have a good recommendation, I guess. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like... My example on this is always that I saw the Flaming Lips. If you're a Flaming Lips fan, yeah. I saw them. Oh, I went to go see Stone Temple Pilots in high school, and the Flaming Lips played beforehand. And I was like, "Wow, I don't know who the heck this band is, but they are great." So if I have like a excuse to be like, "I'm like, okay, let's see what this band's got to show me," as opposed to "You've never seen this band, you're gonna love them." I think there's an expectations game to be played there. A little bit. I'm getting dragged to a concert tomorrow at the Georgia Theater. Who so. you seeing? Somebody named L King. Okay. So. Oh, yeah. I've still heard of her. She was on oh. Colbert. Okay. Yeah, you should actually watch her clip on Colbert. She's very good. Will I enjoy her? You will. She's very okay. good. All right, cool. She's actually probably more your speed than she is mine. All right. Uh, Pollen in Georgia. Buy or sell? Oh, sell. Oh, my God. See, it Whatever. doesn't bother me. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really bother me, except for it's all over the car. I've my never kids. had allergies in my life, and I'm okay. I'm still not killing me, but like being all over the car, and I can't and when it rains. It's funny. It's I had just, the same. When I moved to yeah. Illinois, I got allergies. Oh, yeah. For real. I never had allergies. I've never been allergic to anything in my life, and I got here. It and I does got not bother me at all. I mean, I don't. it's not that I love it, but I would like, sell. I'll put it this way. I it guess. is absolutely gorgeous outside in every other context, except for the fact that there's pollen everywhere. Custom ringtones on your cell phone. Buy or sell. The only time I ever had one was I had the uh, the twenty four uh, uh, MCU uh, ring. Remember the MCU ring? We've watched twenty four. I was a big twenty four fan because uh, I love torture, <laughs> and so uh, I I like I love twenty four. So I briefly had that ring, but now honestly, who answers the phone anymore? Like 
I, I get angry when someone calls me. I am on I'm on mute all the time, so I sell also. All right, uh, Spotify because the Wait and Society podcast is on Spotify. I kind of wanted to throw that in there, but yeah, Spotify buy or sell. I don't use Spotify, but I like the concept. Yeah, I also don't use Spotify. I actually don't like the concept because I uh, because I'm an idiot. So it's a sell. It's a sell. It is a full on sell because I'm an idiot, and I still believe that if you love a band or love an album, you owe it to the people that made that album. Oh, to buy to it. Buy it. Yeah. So I listen to all of my music on iTunes. Uh, not, now on and on one hand, wow! Look at me, I'm so great. On the other hand, all it would take for iTunes to be like, oh, all that money you spent, we just pushed a button, a button to make it completely right. irrelevant, and so then I would feel like an idiot. And I, frankly, they've already made some things that made me lose some old albums. So yeah, it's a dumb idea, but still sell. Buy or sell personal checks? Buy. I still pay all of my bills with personal checks. Buy. I don't well, understand. Well, I mean, I, I have a couple of personal checks, but I never use them. Oh, I'm always using I, electronic payment. I am organized. I'm hyper organized about that stuff. So I like to physically do it and know that I've got it. And, and, you know, I paid it. Like we, we have, we have cleaning people. I paid cleaning people in checks. Yeah. I thought, I I thought I you just venmo things to everybody. Like I like venmo too. I like, I, I like venmo I don't do too. as, I'm not as much on checks as he is, but yeah, I, I I'm full on checks. All right. Rest- I, write, I write letters oh. to people. Yes. So like I instill like I'm kudos still, to you on that. I'm very old school. All right. So here's two uh, restaurant questions. Restaurants that do only one thing and do it well, buy or sell. Like you can get chicken. Oh, buy. Yeah, definitely. We went to a place in Texas called Bush's Chicken, yeah. and literally all they had was fries. And chicken, any which way you want it. Gizzards, lizards, fried legs. And it yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Okay. I'm very curious. Uh, uh, in Five Points, two big restaurants are about to open. Lots of fascination with, yeah. uh, with each of them. There's a big, the, big, the old Waffle House. You know, have you seen what's happening to the old Waffle House? The old Waffle House is becoming a rocket pizza. Rocket pizza? Is it rocket or uh, I it stuffed was... crust? I think it's rocket. I is think it? it's okay. rocket pizza. And then there's a new uh, Mexican place. Oh, that's going to be good. Place. That's going to be a tequila one. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be really good. I'm not so sure about the Waffle House place, but it's going to be very exciting. Yeah. All right. Buy or sell Texas-styled barbecue. I had that for the first time ever, and I fell in love with it. I, I mean, I'm going to say buy because I like all kinds of food. But sure. it's not. I'm, I don't want to engage in the which is best because okay. I prefer pork. It was new to me. Yeah. But will, it's good. I will yeah. buy it, but there are other things I will buy first. Okay. 75 mile an hour speed limits. Bye. Bye. It should be 80. It should be 90. I hit a 75 mile an hour speed limit when we got into Kansas, and I thought the world had changed for better because <laughs> I'm going to be driving across South Dakota where it's 80, and that's I can't. Awesome. Wait. Like you turn into Tron. Yeah. With a laser. <laughs> I could not quit talking about. And, and, and as we traverse Kansas, Colorado, through Texas, Everything, even state highways that were four lane, were 75 miles an hour, and travel was so much more efficient. And then, literally, when I got back to Georgia, the drivers were terrible. Well, and I know you've heard about that, and I used to defend it. I've written about that. So, uh, so. But I might, Recently. I might, I might be on your side of thinking because we were subscribed to my newsletter. Oh, okay. Why doesn't he subscribe to my newsletter? That sh- is, by the way, should. It, but, but what you said is the most maddening thing about drivers in Georgia is like people just feel like it's a right to drive on the left side of the road. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, maddening. Unreal. Is everyone listening? (laughs) Sorry, I hit the microphone. I'm so mad. Uh, Everyone listening, if you are in the left lane, that is to pass. When you are done passing, get to the right lane. That's right. It makes everybody's lives happier. That's right. All right, this comes to the entertainment part of Buy and Sell. The Rise of Skywalker, the trailer, the new movie, Buy or or Sell. Any of it. Is it intriguing? I haven't even seen the trailer yet, so... Uh, as a big Last Jedi fan, and as someone who does not understand why people seem to dislike that movie so much, um, I'm I'm worried that it may undo all of the things that I liked about the Last Jedi. That's the big concern because the Last Jedi is all about how it's not about lineage and it's not about who your dad is. Anyone can be a Jedi if you work if you if you have the spirit of goodness within you, you can become a Jedi. And it's not about like how many midichlorians do I have? And the trailer seems to imply, and the title seems to imply that. No, it's actually about the Skywalker name again, and that would be a bummer. So, mm. so you buy? Um, hold. Okay. The new Twilight Zone on CBS All Access. I watched the first two episodes, and I thought they were great. Yeah, I have not. By watched Jordan, Jordan Peele's directing yeah. them. Oh, I know. He didn't yeah. direct them. He did not direct them. <clears throat> or he created he's it. creating it. Okay. And he introduces them. Yes. But um, I am definitely curious. Have you seen us yet? I have not. You should see us. Okay. And you saw Get Out. You love Get Out. I love yeah. Get Out. And uh, so I would recommend seeing. I don't think us is as good as Get Out, but it's pretty good. And I've heard 
mixed, but mostly positive. Yeah, I watched the Nightmare at Thirty Thousand Feet. So you watched the Adam Scott one. Yes, yeah, it was pretty good. And there, there's a couple of Easter one, eggs I've seen in there. That one twice already. So with with John Shatner, Shatner, Shatner. Shatner. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of Easter eggs to the the original one, which was okay. really cool. So yeah, I would definitely buy that. Um, all right, buy or sell YouTubers. Oh, like people that make hippies. God, I hate them. Oh my god. People sell, that make sell, you know like out of them. No, no, no tech reviews or. I know what you're you know, talking sell, about. Sell, yes, I hate sell, them. Sell, sell, sell. Okay, sell. I buy. I buy. Yeah. Um, by, oh, wow. I hope we didn't just stop Scott from doing something he was going no, to do. No, no. I, I just, <laughs> no, I was, you probably subjectively, I, I think it's, yeah, yeah. I think the YouTubeification makes our lives miserable because my kids can't possibly talk without yelling. And I realize that may be the case for kids forever and ever, but now they also walk around quoting vines and it just drives me crazy. My, my William, who is seven, and does not get to watch a lot of television. My kids are really into Marble Run. You know, Marble Run, yeah. where they make the little towers. And I love it. That's exactly what I want my kids to be doing. They're creative. They're using their minds. They're trying new things. But then William was like, Daddy, can I see your phone? I want to take a video of this so I can put it on YouTube because there's a bunch of good Marble Run videos on there. And the worst part about it is that he put it horizontally. He knew to put it horizontally. <laughs> I was like, no, you're not supposed to know that yet. <laughs> I'm supposed to yell at you like I yell at your, your grandfather for getting this wrong. <laughs> So that was disturbing. Although, okay. although cats falling off of stuff in YouTube oh, is hilarious. Sure. Watching YouTube videos is very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yes. All right. Uh, Tallahassee in eight years on September 4th. Buy or sell? I'm, Tallahassee's going to be underwater in eight years, so whatever. Wait, what? I'm sorry. What is it? Is it Georgia plays at Tallahassee. Tallahassee. Oh, wow. Yeah, in, seven, in eight years. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. I'll go. All right. Uh, buy or sell Keuchel and Kimbrell? Because it seems like all the teams are selling on them. They're not signed. Kimball, I think Kimball is asking for too much money. I think Keichel, and by too much money, I mean the money he deserves. These teams aren't paying it, to be very clear. I'm not blaming Kimball for it. Keichel, baseball's not really about guys that don't strike people out anymore. And so Keichel is a pitch-to-contact guy. It takes a specific kind of team that can deal with a guy like that. I don't think Keichel is nearly as valuable as he thinks he is. Uh, Kimball is very valuable still, and eventually <clears throat> will probably get the AAF nah. it folded yes buy or I, sell were you enjoying it I watched it it was I mean it was better than the CFL um, it was sufficient methadone but <laughs> I didn't I mean, watch it I, I don't best. I don't like business wise how they handled it right yeah, that was um, and it feels a little bit like it was a play to lock up players I think I think the upshot of this is going to be um, whatever they do, they're going to try to leverage the contracts to create something a little more down market with less pay and also obligate those players to be only be NFL players. It yeah. feels a lot like that's where this is going to me. I would sell – this was definitely definitive proof that, you know what, when the Super Bowl is over – Yeah, football should be over. I'm actually ready for a break from yeah. football. Yeah, was, that's that how I felt. how I felt about it. All right, NBA playoffs without LeBron. Whatever. Buy or sell. I'm a buy. Look, I would like to see LeBron in there, but this is a compelling playoff. Yeah, and I, I, I think there's there's good stuff really kind of happening up and down. I think the fear that the Warriors would just smoke everybody and it wouldn't be fun. Maybe that will still happen. I don't think it's going to. So I think it's. I, I think that Rockets Warriors series in the second round is going to be really fascinating, really fast. I think overall it will help the brand, the NBA, because all the oxygen won't be sucked up. Will the Lakers make a run as an eight seed? And finally. Greatest comeback in sports history, Tiger Woods, buy or sell? Sell. 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 I'm sorry. I like it. I, I'm not. No, it's all. It was, no. I, I actually said this yesterday. I mean, I'm, I, for the first time in my life, I found myself actually actively rooting for Tiger Woods to win um, and not feeling bad about that. And this is great. And I agree. But as I wrote in my New York Magazine column today, there's something very strange about like the number of people on this Monday morning after the, after the Masters being like, yeah, nobody said Tiger could do it, but he overcome all the haters. I'm like, I'm sorry. Um, I'm pretty sure you were one of those haters who were sitting out that mugshot less than two years ago, by the way. Everyone was like, oh my God, look how old Tiger looks. He looks so terrible. Every single one of those people, every single one of you saw that mugshot and said, oh my God, look at Tiger fell apart. He died of DUI, which he didn't, by the way. He was in with medicine for back pain, but nobody cared about that because look at that mugshot. So like the idea, the number of people today that are saying, oh yeah, Tiger, yeah, you beat the haters. Please, please. It's a super compelling story that it was what, 12 12 years between? 15. 
No, no between it was majors. Oh, I think it was 11 or 12, yeah. Uh, 14, yeah, 08. Between it masters. Was yeah. It's super compelling, right? It just is. It's a very interesting story. Also, the, at 47. Three. 43. He's, he's two months younger than I am. So at 43, he becomes like the seventh young, seventh oldest winner, too, right? It's just interesting. But, I mean. Two months th- older than I am, sorry. T- I mean, Tiger, Tiger remains an immensely talented golfer. And. There was always a possibility that once he got his head in the right place, and once he actually dedicated himself back to, and was healthy, and was and dedicated himself to being the best golfer he could be, um, and was healthy, this was always on the table. And not to mention, he hasn't won a major in eleven years. But the major conversation about golf, save the last three years, two years, has been about Tiger. Mm-hmm. And and my this is I'll close on this. The last thing I wrote in the New York Magazine column was the idea that to me it was impossible not to be moved when he when he hugged his son. Of course, it's hard to be. But let's think about why we're being moved by that. Like, <laughs> did you even know that Tiger? Like, I I've said I didn't even know that Tiger Woods. I think I think he probably had kids at some point. Yeah. But it's not like his, I knew he had two. But it's not like his fatherhood has become like this big part of his story. What the reason it, the reason that affected us? I would argue is not because oh wow Tiger Woods and his son are hugging. It's we all remember in 1997 when we were young and what it must have what it would have felt like then to hug your to dad. hug your dad after mm-hmm. winning the Masters. Uh-huh. Now we are old and we imagine what it would feel like to hug our sons or our daughters after we won the Masters. So our emotional reaction actually has nothing to do with Tiger Woods or at least nothing to do with Tiger Woods' relationship with his family. It has to do with us. It has to do with the way we – which to me is exactly what sports is supposed to do. Sports is not supposed to be about, wow, Tiger Woods has personally overcome things. Man, who cares about that? What matters is how we experience sports and how sports affects our lives and relates to our lives. That's, we are the fans. We are the reason that any of this happens. So Tiger Woods, to me, is, I can take him or leave him as a human being, but as a delivery device of emotion to have what, is 19, what happens in 1997, and listen, I don't even like golf, but like, I could not not be moved by him hugging his son and remembering, wow, in 1997, I, like Tiger, was 21 years old, and my father now is... 22 years older and I'm 22 years older and I've got a son and just that transition I think that's what people were reacting to and so therefore it's a bummer when it turns into well Tiger was a philanderer and he used like that has nothing to do with that's why it's the reason it's a great story I would argue has very little to do with Tiger Woods it has to do with the ongoing story that Tiger Woods has been for basically Americans for the last 20 years couldn't have said any better what Will said yeah all right. Well, on that note, use that clip and put it on Instagram. Put that, that's your Instagram. Post. I should. I should. I'm, okay. I'll I can do that. Means, but I have the I have the means and yeah, ways and knowledge told to, us do to do that. that on Grace Unleashed. I don't know how to do it. What? Put a to like an audio clip. Yeah, I can do that. Okay. Subscribe should, to the podcast. We should talk. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening, guys. Yeah. yeah well, good to be back. Good to be back. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good to be back. Got to be going. And hey, uh, go dogs. Absolutely. Go dogs. Go dogs. Why not? Okay. Go go go. I know you guys gonna go. And thanks so much for listening. As we mentioned the show, you can now hear our podcast on Spotify. Just one more avenue to make it as easy as possible for you to consume our content. Also, I appreciate the positive feedback I received on the premiere edition of our Spotlight series. We have a couple more people lined up and should be able to add that to the docket sometime during the summer months. If you haven't heard episode 175 with Logan Booker, he's the new co-host of the morning show on 960 The Rep. You should check that out. Remember to leave us a rating and review on iTunes, and we'll share it and discuss it on a future episode. And follow us on social media at WSLS Podcasts on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you are on Instagram, you can see that Tailgate Georgia shirt I was talking about in the show. And yes, mention Waiting Since Last Saturday Podcast and get yourself a t-shirt for only 20 bucks. I think it's about 12 bucks off their most expensive t-shirt, so that's a pretty good deal. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you on campus this Saturday for G-Day. My prediction, Red 24 Black 14 for what it's worth. I don't even know who's playing on the teams. So that sounds good. And as always, go dogs.